We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Start for the win. It's good. Shevsky takes flight as SGA plays through the contact, banks it in on the foul. What is up, Thunder fans? And welcome to the uncontested post-game podcast edition. I am your host for tonight, Taylor Peterson. You can find me on Twitter at Taylor underscore P15. Obviously, you can find the podcast at the underscore uncontested on Twitter. We're on TikTok. TikTok. We are on uh, YouTube. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're anywhere you can find us. Um, we're obviously on all of your streaming platforms, so your podcast streaming platform. So uh, be sure to uh, Spotify just dropped a, a feature where you can uh, officially start to rate uh, podcasts on Spotify. So be sure to go into the app. Leave us a five-star review. If you so choose, and if you do, be sure to uh, give us a screen or take a screenshot, send it to us from any of our, our social media channels. We'll be sure to send you all some of our awesome uncontested stickers, holographic stickers. They're pretty awesome. Uh, you guys probably heard us talk about it quite a bit on the podcast. I have one in the back of my car right now. Pretty awesome. <laughs> so uh, be sure to go into Spotify and give us a five star review. We'd be greatly appreciate that. But before I go any further, we are a proud part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the official podcast of SI Thunder. So be sure to check out both of those places. Uh, Blue Wire's doing some awesome stuff right now. For example, I'm a big fan of the, sh- uh, of the show Yellowstone, and they are officially hosting the Yellowstone podcast where they have uh, a bunch of the cast members coming into the live studio in Vegas recording podcasts. And SI Thunder obviously doing incredible work, um, having some really great content being pumped out of there right now, especially with uh, the trade deadline starting to come up and, and more and more players being available. As we talked about here on uh, Sunday night's podcast, our group podcast this past Sunday with that December 15th date. But you guys are not here for that. You guys are here for the awesome 108-94 beatdown that the OKC Thunder put on the Denver Nuggets. Um, oh, there's my guy Kamiar. Always loving Kamiar. Uh, he always has some fun comments in the in the uh, the stream. Shot out a cannon. Marry one, date one, kill one. Baby ninja <laughs> Okay, okay, I'll say that for the end when I'm going through uh, going through questions and comments. Speaking of which, all of you in the chat, please be sure to uh, to leave your, your questions and comments, and I'll get to those here at the end. 
But like I mentioned, the Thunder won 108 to 94 tonight. That was their largest margin of victory uh, of the entire season, which shows you just how many close games they have played. And also, again, you know, a lot of those losses. But of all those wins that they have had, tonight was the largest margin of victory, which, which was pretty interesting. Um, all starters scored in double digits. I found that interesting as well, including, and, and or in addition to the sixth man tonight, Darius Baisley, who we will definitely get into. And honestly, the Thunder were pretty much in control of the entire game, um, led by SGA, who finished with his, like I mentioned, his second triple-double of his career. And this is kind of interesting. This is from our own uh, Nick Crane. He he was at the game tonight covering covering live. And um, he mentioned this to us before, you know, when SGA was flirting with the triple-double but didn't have it yet, that Shea would be, if he would to get it, and he did, he would be the first um, Thunder player to record a triple-double in front of an OKC home crowd. You know, we can't say uh, at the peak anymore, right? <laughs> it's the Paycom Center, but uh, back at home. And so with with SGA recording that triple-double, he becomes the first Thunder player since Russ to record a triple-double at home. As, like I said, uh, SGA's second triple-double gu- triple triple of his career, which is pretty awesome. He played a just a dominant game all around. Uh, just a little, uh, a couple pregame notes. Everyone except Mascala for the Thunder was available to play tonight. That was not because of an injury or anything. Pretty much was just rest for Mascala uh, due to Dignault's press game or, or uh, pregame presser. You know, he mentioned that they basically were just resting Mascala, and that makes sense because this is the first game uh, of a back-to-back for the Thunder tonight, and it was the same for the for the Nuggets as well, which we will get into. Um, the Nuggets were out where they weren't really without players that they haven't had this season. Um, they, they were really just without Michael Porter Jr., obviously with his, his unfortunate back injury um, and surgery that's going to keep him out the rest of the season. Uh, Murray, who hopefully will be available towards the latter half of the season. We will see. We hope so. Obviously still recovering from that, that I believe, ACL injury. And then um, P.J. Dozier, who also hurt his knee and unfortunately had season-ending surgery. But, you know, outside of, like, those actual injuries, it's kind of rare <laughs> in this day and age, at least over the past week or two, for two, two NBA teams to have um, players, all players available, um, you know, again, outside of injury, that aren't in COVID protocol. Uh, just some, some really quick stats. It's really kind of getting crazy. The league currently finds itself with nearly 100 players in, co- in the COVID protocols across the league. This is per Baxter Holmes of ESPN. 25 of 30 NBA teams have had players enter health and safety protocols. 16 teams have had five or more players enter. 11 teams have had seven or more. Three teams, being Brooklyn, Chicago, and Cleveland, have hit double digits of players in COVID protocols, um, health and safety protocols. And there have been double-digit player entries into the, the health and safety protocols in seven of the last nine days. So obviously, it's, it's getting a little bit out of control. I don't think I, I'm not going to dive into <laughs> what the league should or should not be doing. Um, I think it makes sense for them not to shut down the uh, the current season or anything like that. Obviously, a lot of these players are having mild symptoms, if any symptoms at all, which is great, great news. But it just shows you how contagious this uh, presumably this new uh, variant of COVID is. And uh, again, just <laughs> just to put things into perspective before we dive into the game, it it really is a, kind of a blessing. Uh, for, for us Thunder fans not to have our players uh, over the past week go, go into some of these protocols and for two teams really not to have any players subject to those protocols 
um, even if the Nuggets were missing players due to injury. So it's a quick game recap before we dive into some actual themes of the game. First quarter, um, again, first quarters are always interesting <laughs> for the OKC Thunder. The Thunder start SGA, Dort, Giddy, JRE, and Favors. Again, second straight game and the third straight game that Darius Baisley has not started, which we'll get into. However, our own Nick Crane uh, tweeted this and, and shared it with us in our Slack. He was uh, there live and was available, like I said, for Dignalt's pregame presser uh, media availability, avail- availability. And Dignalt did mention that, you know, Baisley will start again. This is not a permanent thing, and it's just fluid, you know, for the foreseeable future. So we might see Baisley start, for example, like tomorrow night. And the second night of the back-to-back. And then he might not start again for another two or three games and then start again. Right. That's kind of what he was getting at. He, he's he's not wanting us to roll out Baisley starting. However, Baisley did not start again. And like I said, we'll get into that because I think it actually was a really good thing for this team tonight and for Baisley. Um, Trey Mann and Baisley, speaking of Baisley, were the first subs off the bench. Thunder were aggressive early. They shot 48% from the field, three of nine from three. Only nine of their 25 shots were came from the three point uh, came from the three-point line. And they're very effective within the arc, which I think is important, right? They were taking advantage um, of the the Nuggets not really having many shot blockers. And I thought that was really important and interesting. Shea really set the tone, like I mentioned. He had eight points in the first quarter alongside JRE, who had seven. Now, granted, I think three of those came from outside the arc. But regardless, I did like how aggressive JRE was going after rebounds um, and teammates looking, looking for him down low. I thought that was important. Thunder in the first quarter on a 19 to four run. And again, this is going to kind of be a theme after I've, uh, you, you know what on uh Baisley I've poo pooed on Baisley or my, <laughs> my past couple of post games that I've had. Um, the theme that you all will probably see tonight. I'm going to be mentioning Baisley a lot because he had his handprints all over this game. Um, for example, that 19 to four run to end the first quarter, was largely led by Baisley and his energy off the bench. He had a uh, an and one. He had two blocks and just a handful of rebounds. He just really brought a spark off that bench, which is exactly what Dagnall and the coaching staff was looking for when they moved him to the bench here about, you know, what, I guess not even a week ago, um, a little over half a week ago, and they got exactly what they were hoping for, I think, tonight. Now, granted, we'll get into that. I think the the past two games, you could argue he did the same as well, but tonight was the most complete game Baisley has had off the bench. Now going to the second quarter, Thunder have a fairly dominant second quarter. Uh, the all-bench lineup struggled to begin uh, the second quarter, which allowed the Nuggets to kind of go on a run to cut single digits. But Giddy comes in to kind of help stabilize the lineup, which I loved, 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 loved. And then Shea comes back in and basically just, Absolutely takes over. It was fantastic. He ends up with 19 points at the half. Thunder shoot 26 of 47 from the field, 55%. Only 5 of 17 from three. That's going to continue to be a theme, I think, throughout the entire season. Not very good from three. Um, but they were good enough tonight combined with how dominant they were within the three-point line. And uh, that was a theme that carried out not just through the first half, but the entire game. For example, they had 42 points in the paint, largely led by Shea Gildas-Alexander, but Baisley, JRE, others as well. So third quarter, not a lot to comment there other than the Thunder led by as many as 22 points. <laughs> it's largest lead of the game as well as the season. That's right. Not just the game, the entire season led by 22 points against uh, this, this Denver team. Shea flirts with the triple double, but I believe I can't remember if he got that last assist or not in the third quarter, but I 
think heading into the fourth, he was still two rebounds and one assist short. Uh, again, he might have, I can't remember, he might have gotten that last assist right before the end of the uh, third quarter. But regardless, just a little short of that triple-double. Thunder up by, by quite a bit. Um, as you all will see, we'll, we'll get into this a little bit, but the Nuggets did not really play their stars in the fourth quarter. And uh, again, second night of, or first night of a back-to-back. Thunder in the same boat. We weren't sh- sure how much Shea we would see and if he would actually get this. So the fourth quarter happens. Thunder kind of get lazy. Um, they allow the Nuggets to make a couple of runs, with again, without their starters in the entire quarter. That second unit really made a push. Shea comes back in to get his triple-double. It, it, it was just a roller coaster. He he gets a rebound, the tenth rebound, to get his triple double right. But then the uh, the the scorebook people, whoever, they take away one of those rebounds, which I think is is fair when you look back at it. Um, it was it was one of those where <laughs> I think another player maybe tipped the ball first, and I don't know. Long story short, they take away one of those rebounds. Um, so there's like a minute thirty left. And then Shea gets his rebound. Then he officially gets his triple-double. In fact, I think the broadcast uh, and even the official Thunder account showed him with 10 rebounds. But there's a lot of, I say a lot, I checked ESPN, CBS, and saw a couple tweets as well saying that Shea had 11 rebounds. Um, so like maybe they're going to give him an extra rebound as well. Regardless, all that matters is he got his triple-double. The Thunder got the win. Uh, and, and especially after we were short of a giddy triple-double last week it was cool to see Shea get it tonight um Dagnall plays a handful of his stars once the Nuggets cut single digits even with a back-to-back tomorrow night I kind of mentioned that and alluded to that but the starters led by Shea eventually stabilized and were able to control the game Shea notches a triple double like I mentioned and the Thunder win by 14 so there's your game recap um obviously some fun ones to get into I know that uh there was a you know we had our post game on Sunday then Jacob had his uh, his post, or sorry, I said post game. We had our group podcast on Sunday, Sunday night, dropping Monday. Then Jacob, uh, Monday night, covered the big win against the Grizzlies. Another fantastic win. Uh, you guys have me tonight, and then you'll have Nick tomorrow covering a game. So this isn't going to be one of my longer ones, I say, and then I'll eventually, you know, go for 40 minutes here. Uh, but I am going to go ahead and break down some themes for the game. Um, as you guys know, all of you who listen to me like to break the game down into negatives and positives, especially when I'm when I'm solo. I'll try and switch it up when I have others with me, just kind of bounce back and forth off of them. But this is just the easiest way to, to break down the game for me, and, and honestly, kind of the funnest or the most fun. Um, so I always start with the negatives and with the positives. And fortunately for me tonight and Jacob on on Monday night's game, a lot of positives to break down. And maybe I'll just start there before I actually jump into some of these themes. You know, after. Uh, winning the the crazy game against the Clippers with the SGA buzzer beater. Wasn't really sure, or all of us, uh, as the uncontested, weren't really sure if the Thunder were going to be able to pull off the big win against the Grizzlies. Now they came out motivated, uh, motivated obviously, after that 73-point loss that they had um, earlier here a couple weeks ago. Uh, they end up playing a just maybe arguably the most complete game of the entire season against the Grizzlies at a very high level against a very high-level team who also was at full health. Kind of, you know, again, ironic, given the the league's current circumstances with COVID-19. So I wasn't really sure what to expect heading into this game. I, I kind of expected them maybe, you know, to play competitive for the most part, not to necessarily be a blowout, but, like, I could see them dropping this one to the Nuggets, who even with their injuries have been playing very well. But that wasn't the case at all. They, they just left, pretty much left off exactly where they started. 
against the Grizzlies and just dominated this game from beginning to end. You know, obviously there were some runs from the Nuggets, which will happen in every NBA game, but the fact that they, as a young team, being the Thunder, were able to respond to those runs um, just was really, really impressive to me. So I don't have a lot of negatives here. There are just a couple things to mention, and then we'll spend the most of our time here on the positives. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Um, you know, the Thunder continue to struggle from three. I mentioned that earlier, and I mentioned that on my, my last couple of post-game podcasts. Again, kind of hard to nitpick at this <laughs> when it's by design, literally, by Sam Presti. And it, honestly, it is just about, just about the one thing, keeping the Thunder from being a, a play-in contender versus a top-five pick candidate team. Um, so basically, you know, a top-five lottery pick team. Uh, you know, if they were constructed any differently, for example, if the Thunder were to go and like booster their roster at the trade deadline, which they will not, but if they were trying to get more shooters, uh, more three point shooters, they would go from being you know a team um, competing for one of those top five picks to a team in the playoff team, <laughs> or to a team competing for one of those playoff spots, especially the way that they have been playing these past three games. And so it's just something to mention, right? It, it's not something to complain about, especially if you're a Thunder fan more invested in the long-term future and, and interested in getting one of these top picks in either this draft or the next draft that both look to be uh, pretty promising. But again, it's just it's it's worth mentioning. Uh, the Thunder shoot only 8 of 34 or 23.5% from three. For reference there, or for context there, I should say, Blue had, Blue had half of those threes 
making four of those eight made threes. Every other made three came from a different Thunder player. So each each of those other four um, four three point shots made came from an individual Thunder player. SGA was 0 of seven, and that kind of leads me into my next negative. Hard to discuss Shea as a negative tonight, especially with how well he was and when I have him as one of my overall main positives. But his three-point shooting has been pretty rough recently. Just for some context, again, 0-7 from three. Uh, I felt he's really uncomfortable with his catch-and-shoot threes right now. And the play that stands out to me, I should have gone back and looked at exactly when this was. I know it was in the second half, might have been in the third quarter, but essentially he had a wide-open three-point shot, right? A wide-open catch-and-shoot three. Um, he had a defender closing in on him, but with Shea's quick quick enough release, I should say, he could have gotten it off, but instead he decides to go to that, that you know, I, I don't even think he went between the legs that time, but essentially he went to his step back three. He did not need to do it at that, at that point, and when he shot that ball, it, it barely, you know, barely hit the front of the rim. And that's where you'd really like to see Shea improve throughout this season and into the next season, especially when the Thunder continue to uh, come closer and closer to contending again, you want to see Shea get more comfortable with that three-point shot, not just the step back, which he honestly hasn't been super, um, I, don't, I don't know if I should say comfortable or, or comfortable with, but he hasn't been hitting <laughs> as good this as well this season. But even that catch-and-shoot three, I think that's the, the biggest thing for him, maybe the biggest next step for him, because he did seem to, struggle with with that especially tonight um i thought i had let's see yeah okay here we go i do have some some uh a little bit of a sample size here over his last five games averaging only 1.4 makes from three out of six attempts from three obviously that includes you know the majority of those are going to be i I didn't dive even deeper into those uh but if you did i think you would see the majority of those are those step back threes off the dribble threes rather than catch and shoot Uh, for the seasons pretty much the same Right, five games is a pretty small sample size, so I want to see a bigger sample size. If it was too big of a disparity, then I would go in and maybe look at the last ten games, last fifteen games. But for the entire season, pretty much the same thing: one point eight made threes. Again, that's compared to one point four made threes per uh, six point three attempts, and that's compared to the six attempts in his last five games. Almost spot on, right? So this is becoming a theme with SGA that we just need to keep an eye on. Uh, obviously. <laughs> Maybe we don't even, this seems crazy to say, maybe we don't even want him necessarily to figure this out uh, this season. Maybe this is something he works on in the offseason, and then he comes back next season after we get a top three pick. That'd be a win-win for everybody. Um, But just something to mention as as SGA continues to develop into superstardom, if we're being completely honest, and if he really is going to be able to take this team to the next level once they do get some of this top talent, top young talent around him. Trey Manns is, uh, I, I threw him in here as a negatives just because, again, there's not so many negatives to, to discuss, but maybe Trey's more of a neutral. Regardless, his defense definitely was a negative tonight, unfortunately. And again, rookies are going to continue to struggle with this. It, it's to be expected. But he picked up two quick fouls uh, on defense early on in the game, which led to him essentially being benched. Uh, he did come back in at the third and play some minutes, but didn't really have a huge impact. But he's he's still just very quick to it to jump and react to some of those fakes from the players that he uh, is defending. I showed tonight against players like uh, Morris, who he was guarding, right? Who is very good at that. Uh, they were able to trick him into jumping on some of those shots, which led to some of those uh, 
led to some of those fouls. And he also had uh, one of those fouls was where he just honestly wasn't quick enough against a quicker guard. I can't remember who it was. It might have been Morris again. And that led to him getting another foul as well. This isn't so much a negative like long term. This is very, very, very specific to this game. You know, Trey continues to improve on that end. And this is going to continue to improve as Trey gains size throughout the season and especially this next offseason. But I think this is one of the reasons that Dagnall isn't just throwing him out there more like we all would like to see. We might see it more in the second half of this season when Thunder are trying to lose games. But all that's to say, um, just something to monitor with Trey as well, right? He, he still scored seven points and had four rebounds. And the majority of that came in that first half when he was being aggressive and assertive and didn't have those early fouls, right? And then he comes in the second half. He does have those fouls. He's being a little more passive, but also like, you know, Shea's found his stride. Giddy's found his stride. And the opportunity's just not quite there for him. We thought we saw that again in the Memphis game. Uh, he came back in the second half and just the opportunity's not quite there for him when some of these other guys are playing as well as they are. Again, all things I think that will work themselves out as he continues to develop as a player. So, but that, that's really the only negatives I have. Like I said, an overall positive game. So we're going to spend the last part of this podcast just talking about some of these positives. And look, like I said, I mentioned this at the beginning of the podcast. Um, we all have been very negative on Baisley throughout the entire season. Us being Thunder Twitter, <laughs> Thunder fandom, and specifically us here at the Uncontested. Uh, my last couple post games, like I said, Baisley hasn't had very good games. So here I am starting off with Baisley as my first positive because I thought he played a great game tonight. I'm not going to go as far and say it was his best game uh, because I'm trying to remember the one that one of the post games that Jacob and I did earlier in the season. I want to say it maybe was against the Lakers. There was that it was during that stretch of his like five games where he played fantastic. Uh, I one of those games was like his best game that he's played in his entire career. However, tonight was I'll say this of the three games that he's been benched. Right Tonight being the third game, third consecutive game, tonight was his best game of those three, and these last three games have been better than the last stretch of games that he's had as a starter. Thunder are 3-0, like I mentioned, since making the change. Using the, the small sample size, right? I just wanted to look this up and see. Bezos averaging 12.3 points on 53.8% from the floor, 6.7 rebounds, and almost three blocks per game, still getting 25 minutes, which is important. Uh, we mentioned this last week. We mentioned some last post game or last couple post games. Bays is still getting those minutes, even if he's not quote unquote starting. And he's playing really well on them. So again, that's 12.3 points, 53.8% from the floor, 6.7 rebounds, three blocks per game in 25 minutes. If you look at his last 15 games, right, which is a bigger sample size, which includes a lot of those games where he was starting and struggling, only seven points on 39.6% from the floor. About six rebounds, so, you know, about the same, just a little less, and only one block per game. Not to mention more field goal attempts uh, went over the last 15, stretch, sample size, and more turnovers. So, obviously, him coming off the bench has not only set a spark uh, under him, but he's he's playing better against some of these second units. Maybe some players, I don't know if I want to say closer to his talent level, but that he maybe can compete better against, that he fits better against, and... When he's playing with these starters, right? Uh, when he's incorporated into these starting uh, with some of these starters and these lineups later on in the game, against some of these other starters from opposing players, he has more confidence. And specifically tonight, he finally was playing within the flow of the game. That's not to say that he doesn't still have his Baisley moves, but they were much less tonight, for example, than even two nights ago against Memphis. Um, I, and I, again, I thought tonight he was a huge spark off the bench, but the, led the second units 
unit uh, first half with the blocks, rebounds, and intensity was a large reason that the Thunder were able to kind of continue to pull away there when some of their starters were sitting. And uh, very, like I said, very few quote unquote Baisley plays, if we've, as we've coined them here offensively, play within the flow of the offense was much, much better. Again, 3 0 for the last three games for the Thunder since they bench Baisley. Second, I have a back-to-back tomorrow night. Let's keep an eye on that. I think Baisley might be back in the starting lineup, just kind of to reward him there. Also, to switch it up. I hope he continues to play within the flow of the offense and can just continue to build off of this because if he does so, that's really promising. But he's just such a hot and cold player, unfortunately more cold than hot, and um, I, I just hope he can continue to build off of this momentum that he's had over these last three games, kind of culminating with tonight's game. My next positive, I'm not going to spend as long on just because it's not necessarily like his best game over the past week or anything. It was just another solid, solid game. Just kind of shows you the kind of player he can be alongside um, or a long-term building block for this team, Josh Giddy. right? 14 points, five rebounds, three assists, didn't force it at all. Uh, played within the offense, like I mentioned. Continued to look really good with Shea, which is important. It's kind of weird. Dort's, I don't want to say Dort's injury was like a blessing in disguise, but in a way it almost was for Shane Giddy because ever since then they've been gelling more and more. You know, that that first game after Dort's injury, we've talked about this, dig don't matches um, SGA and Giddy's minutes, minute for minute. Since then, he's mixed it up, but they both have continued to play really well against each other, or sorry, <laughs> well with each other uh, within the lineup. And Giddy didn't try and force anything tonight. You know, he saw that Shea had it going, and yet... Giddy still has 14 points, five rebounds, three assists. He's continuing to improve on the defensive end. Still obviously has some struggles. Uh, a lot of that's going to be, I think, ironed out more in the offseason when he's continuing to gain size and continue to work on that. But overall, I thought Giddy played another fantastic game. Uh, just continues to really impress me. Uh, if you guys haven't, be sure to go and listen to Tuesday's uh, The Ringer. Oh, gosh, well, the mismatch. They have their own feed now on The Ringer. It's not a part of that Ringer NBA show. They're their own feed. Obviously, Kevin O'Connor. Chris Vernon. Chris Vernon's covered the Memphis Grizzlies for forever. So he was there live at the game against the Grizzlies and just raved. Him and KOC raved for about like five, six minutes about Giddy and the Thunder and their youth as a whole when they are playing their full team, which is fair. Didn't even mention, you know, being in a group chat with like Ryan Rosillo and Ryan Rosillo loving him. Um, Giddy's getting a lot of praise right now, which is really cool to see. Um, so again, just another really good game tonight from Giddy. It stood out to me because, again, he wasn't trying to force anything. He played within the offense. Still let Shea get his, and yet still impacted the game at a high level as a rookie against a very good Western Conference team. Next, this one's going to be even shorter. JRE. 14 points, 9 rebounds, played solid defense on Jokic, right, given the assignment that he had. Um, Jokic really struggled tonight. Maybe it wasn't as much as the defense that was thrown at him as it was you know, just him not playing well, whatever it may be. I thought JRE looked great, and it was good to see him kind of break out of a little bit. I don't want to call it a slump, but it was, it's was it been a little bit of a slump. Um, so it was great to see JRE be more aggressive down low, get more opportunity offensively, and to play some pretty solid defense on one of those top three, top five players at the very most, or very least, I guess you would say, top five players in the league. Uh, JRE did a, a very good job as a rookie, and that is something to praise and to add as a positive. Next, again, going to be kind of short as well, but Dirk Favors, 10 points, six rebounds, was a favorite of Shade tonight. 
over half of Shea's assist of his triple double were to favors, and a large majority of a, a large majority of those I didn't go in to see the percentage of those, but those were uh, favors hitting the mid range jumper, which was awesome. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, Derek Favors, the the one shot that he seems to not be able to miss this season is the mid-range jumper around the elbow um, and cannot seem to hit much down low, although he was he has been better recently. But it's kind of funny that he's just almost automatic like with that mid-range. But, you know, eh, from three and pretty awful <laughs> down low on the block. Um, but tonight he was great and largely contributed to the SGA triple-double. Lou Dort. Not his necessarily his best game or one of the biggest games that have stood out, even since his injury, right? But 43 straight games now with a made three. Obviously, that second behind Seth Curry's ridiculous streak. He was 4 of 10 from three tonight, which is pretty fantastic. With a big stretch there. I'm trying to remember. I think it was maybe in the third quarter where he hit like three of those. Um, just continues to be really, really impressive uh, from outside. But he's still doing things down low as well, right? 15.6 rebounds. He was crashing the boards. He knew that the, that, that the Nuggets were weak down low. Thought he did a really good job taking advantage of that, even if he wasn't necessarily scoring as well down low. Again, he kind of like he kind of let Shea control the game, just like Giddy did, and was able to kind of fill in the gaps, just like Giddy was. I think that's fantastic and really important for this team long term for those three to continue to gain chemistry, um, even on a night to night basis. Kind of see who has it going, who doesn't, kind of thing. You know, tonight I thought Shape or sorry, Lou played within the flow of the game and was really, really good. Um, just like I said, boy, the nuggets, the nuggets down low. Uh, it, it's just it's really impressive to see Lou's leap offensively. And I'm going to be completely honest with you all. I am very, very ready for him to get that next challenge. It seems like he hasn't had like you know these teams that we played. Obviously, John Morant or John Morant uh, on Monday night, but like I'm very excited to see Lou get that like prime wing matchup again. Like, you know, Paul George was hurt when we played the Clippers. Um, we'd, we'd like to see that caliber player against Lou just because it's so much fun. And it'll be a fun test to see where he's at. And if he can continue to keep up this offensive um, contributions as well, when he's playing defense against a caliber player of that level level. So just something I'm keeping an eye on because I just, I love Lou so much. <laughs> and look, my last positive last, but not least last for a reason, kind of grand finale thing. Shavante. Asian Gilgis Alexander. Uh, well, I just accidentally hit something instead of pulling up his stats. However, <laughs> um, oh, okay. Well, I guess I'm on the OKC Phoenix game for tomorrow night. So that's not going to give me the stats of, uh, it's not going to predict the future. <laughs> so going back to tonight's game, Shea had 27 points, 11 rebounds, 12 assists, 10 and 24 from the field, which is pretty fantastic. Again, I mentioned this earlier, 0-7 from three, but another stat and a trend this season that I'd love to see. He's getting to the line more. Not only is he getting to the line more, but he's being much more effective from the line. 7-7 seven of seven from the floor tonight, 36 minutes, just uh, four fouls, but only one turnover. Just a fantastic line from Shea. Was in control of the game from start to finish. Led his team from start to finish, right? Those guys um, were fired up and, and really kind of play to the level that he set both offensively uh well really just offensively but Shea did have a a fine game defensively and again it's just like you can't ask for much more from Shea and so I tweet this out if Shea can find a reliable three-point jumper right I think he starts to flirt I'm not saying he is 
because this is a, a again, the, the NBA is very talented right now. There's a lot of high level talents. But if he finds a reliable jumper over the next season or so, or a reliable three point shot, I, sh- I should say, I think Shea starts to flirt with that top 10 level player. Maybe it's top 15, right? That's fine. But that's big time. And if the Thunder are able to, you know, find that next big uh, high level talent in the draft, in this upcoming draft or the next one to pair alongside Shea, that's where the Thunder are set up for long-term success, assuming that Shea doesn't want to leave, which, knock on wood, we have no indication that he does. Um, obviously, Luke continues to improve. You have Josh Giddy. You have all these young building blocks. You you add that one other piece, and the Thunder are just in fantastic shape. So there, there really isn't much more to say about Shea tonight other than, man, can you imagine if he was hitting his three-point shot tonight? Because if he was, you're looking at a 40-point triple-double for Shea tonight instead of a 27, 11, 12. And that's hard to ask of him, as great as he was, right? So just really, really exciting stuff from Shea. Really exciting stuff from this young Thunder team. I could keep on going on and on, but again, uh, tomorrow night's second night of back-to-back, our guy Crane, NBA, Nick Crane, um, he will be coming at you all with a post-game podcast. He was live at the Paycom Center tonight. Yeah, I'm sure you all probably saw that from our account, his account. He was tweeting out some videos of some of the interviews and some of the warm-ups and uh, some tweets live from the game. Actually, and I don't think he cares that I said this, but um, he was actually talking to somebody uh, he, that he was close to, uh, I don't want to say court side, I guess, in media row, who was a part of the, um, gosh, I'm going to blank the Nuggets <laughs> program. And they mentioned to Nick that the reason we didn't see Jokic, some of those stars in the fourth quarter, was because they were on the second night of a back-to-back, and the Thunder were up by, you know, like I said, 20-something in the third quarter, so they just kind of chalked it up as a loss and moved on. So that is why, that is the answer to why we didn't see Jokic and some of these other starters, right? And that that makes sense, and that's fair from a Nuggets like, standpoint, but I think a lot of us were surprised when the Thunder, or sorry, when the Knicks did cut it to a nine-point lead there in the fourth quarter, that we didn't see at least Jokic, much less any of the other starters come back in to close out the game. So they just kind of chalked it up and we're, we're ready to move on there. But that's largely due to, like I said, how dominant the Thunder were the entirety of the game and how they just control the game from the very beginning. So like I said, tomorrow night, Thunder play at Phoenix at 8 p.m. Nick will have you all covered for that game. Shout out to our guys over at the Timeline Podcast, the Phoenix Suns. Uh, be sure to follow along with them. I'm sure we'll be collaborating with them some tomorrow night. Uh, more blue wire guys. If you guys have listened to our podcast for a long time, we've done multiple crossovers with them. Just really good guys. Also want to shout David at the four point play on Twitter. That's at the IV Roman numerals, IV point play. He had a, a great article up today uh, on his Substack, which this one was free. You don't have to like subscribe to it or anything like that. Um, but he reached out to myself uh, via DMs here a couple nights ago. Reached out to our guy Jacob a couple nights ago. Just kind of pick our brains on what it would take to get Kenrich away from OKC. Uh, specifically to Phoenix, but also like just in general, what we thought his trade value was. And then he kind of put some of those thoughts into an article. Instead of just doing a typical article, he uh, he he pitched it as a, or wrote it as a letter um, to their owner. And he did a really good job. It was really fun and interesting. Be sure to check that out as well. Uh, he, he dropped that right in time as a Thunder, and then the Suns are about to play each other two times uh, beginning tomorrow night before the end of the calendar year. So be sure to check that out as well. Thank you all again for tuning in. Again, be sure to rate us on Spotify now that's available. We're all the social media, we're on all the social medias. 
be sure to check us out there as well. And until tomorrow night, and as always, thunder up. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.